0: Okay, this is Anthony Smith, host of A Transport Sports Talk Podcast. And I want to get right into this because this story is still building up steam and seem seems like change is inevitable. But before I get started, I want to once say again that I want to thank you all those who are listening to this podcast on whatever podcast platform or outlet you're listening to it on. I really appreciate it. And like I always say, grab your ticket and get on board because this train is building up steam. So let's get right into this. There is one ex-redskin player who offers simple solution to name change. That former player is former tight end Doc Walker. Former Washington Redskin player said Wednesday that there is an easy fix to changing the team's name, which has recently been in the spotlight because of its racial connotations. Doc Walker, a former tight end who played for Washington from 1981 to 1984, told NBC Sports Washington there's one name the team can go to right now the Warriors. It's so easy walker said all you have to do is put the arrow back on the helmet you don't have to change anything else the warriors on the warpath fight for odc it's that simple the red tails has also been a popular candidate on social media however walker said he doesn't think it would work given the political climate I've heard red tails. I've learned about them. That was cool for me to learn. He said in this climate right now, let me see them sell that. I just think that at some point you can't change and erase hundreds of years of neglect and racism in a month. It's just unrealistic that you can wipe everything clean with one swipe. It's going to be a struggle, but you have to get the process started. Regardless, Walker believes that changing the name is the right thing to do. Whether the Redskins end up changing the name or not, the team will reportedly not use any Native American imagery in their new logo. Big name retailers like Amazon, Walmart, and Target, as well as Nike, and Dick's Sporting Goods have removed Redskins' merchandise from their website. Last week, FedEx, which holds the naming rights to the team's Maryland Stadium, formally requested a name change. FedEx CEO Fred Smith has ownership stake in the team. Washington said last week it will conduct a thorough review of the name. So there we have it. So it's looking more and more like eventually the name will change. As Washington is conducting a thorough review the question is what will that name be like like it said like the article said the trendy name the name that's trending a lot and getting a lot of steam as well is Red Tails but I kind of believe with Doc Walker with today's political climate that that's kind of iffy. Right now it's trendy, but at the same time I think that's iffy. And what some people fail to realize is anybody remember the AFL, Arena Football League? Some people might have overlooked the fact that Daniel Snyder once owned the AFL Washington Warriors and he also has the naming rights to that so simply said we could be looking at the Washington Warriors and the arrow on the side of the helmet as opposed to an image of a Native American so if you listen to this podcast Feel free to message me, leave a comment through the Anchor app. That's anchor at anchor.com. I will be back with more. Now we look at another situation. David Lamont's ESPN job in jeopardy after slip-up in race relations call. This coming in from the New York Post. During a passionate two-hour ESPN college football conference call last month to discuss race following the death of George Floyd, There were riveting and emotional testimonies from on- and off-air people as hundreds listened. About a half-hour in, as ESPN's Maria Taylor discussed the issue and her experience, a play-by-play man for the network, Dave Lamont, could be heard in the background, apparently thinking his phone was on mute. Lamont described the nature of the call on race as, Benting, which stunned those listening and immediately caused a rebuke from Taylor, who warned there could be ramifications if he did not stop. He quickly did, but it might have cost him his job. ESPN has explored letting Lamont go even after he admitted the mistake immediately, following the call to his bosses. A comment was made to my wife that was overheard on the college football call offending some who heard it, Lamont said in a statement to the Post. We have a racially integrated home and I respect and admire those who spoke up about their experiences. I profusely apologize to everyone on the call. Tetherill Slayton, now a senior defensive lineman at Florida, who is black, lived with the Lamont family during Slayton's high school years. The family did not formally adopt Slayton, but Slayton has honored them with a tattoo that reads, Family shows no color. Lamont would not answer any questions except to say he believed he still works for ESPN. However, ESPN Vice President of Communications Jots Krulwitz would not confirm that to be true, even after repeated follow-ups. We took this matter very seriously, both in the moment and subsequently, and have addressed it appropriately, ESPN said in a statement to the Post. Consistent with policy, we have no plans to publicly share the specifics involving individual personnel matters. Sources said the matter had moved into the hands of the network's human resource department. For this article, the Post spoke to 10 people for the details of what happened, Mm -hmm. all of whom were either on the conference call or were briefed on it. The 60-year-old Lamont has been with ESPN ABC for 16 years, calling college football and basketball on TV and radio. He had been the network's voice of the Pro Bowling Association when ESPN had the rights. He is based in South Florida, where he has been a regular broadcast presence. At one time, he was the voice of Florida Atlantic University football. On June 8, Lee Fitty, the senior vice president of ESPN, informed the hundreds of college football personnel who worked for the network that there would be a conference call the following morning. The subject matter was left unsaid, but it was an all-hands invitation, meaning there would be a vast amount of people on the line. The two-hour call took place, and there were stories shared about dealing with prejudice. Besides Taylor, Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard, play-by-play man Mark Jones, and analyst Ron Gilmore were among those who spoke. When Taylor was making her points, Lamont unknowingly interrupted. Lamont's comments was brief and unintended for the call, as he apparently thought his phone was on mute. When he described the conference call to his wife as venting, those listening said it was uncomfortable, shocking, and bad timing. The next day, Fitting sent an email thanking everyone for participating, but described the interruption of Taylor as unacceptable. So there you have some controversy brewing with the ESPN personnel. and seem like ESPN cannot stop cleaning house. It seems like someone is always losing their job at ESPN for some reason or the other, either because of finances or because someone has said something that was deemed inappropriate. Anybody remember Jamel Hill? She's a Twitter star now. Now, look like we have another guy that could be facing the chopping block because of Comments deemed inappropriate, shocking, and uncomfortable. Leave your comments. Leave a message. Tell me what you think through the anchor app. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F M. That's anchor.fm. Leave your comments through the anchor app. I'll be glad to see them or hear them. Mm. Okay, I'm back with you and I have this segment to go and I will be joined on the phone here in about a minute or two from a good friend of mine. I'm going to let you know right now. He is very knowledgeable and like I say, it always helps when you have people chime in on your podcast with you. I used to sit in on his radio shows locally here in the Wichita area uh, in the evenings. That's how I got the name A-Train. Well, I got the name A-Train because on the morning show there was a guy that would call in and he gave me that nickname. Well, he got wind of it and the nickname stuck. So that's how my podcast A-Train came about to be, it was a nickname that was given to me, so I stuck with it, but uh, I would be getting a call in here, and we're going to talk about, I don't know, <laughs> what we're going to talk about, we're just going to do it like we did in radio, uh, straight organic, straight off the top, and whatever is on his mind, we'll run with that but trust me you'll want to stay tuned because uh, he knows his sports he has a lot of connections and I'm not going to even tell you who he is I'm going to let him introduce his own self basically when he calls in Uh, but he is definitely a friend of mine he looks out for me and uh Joining me on the line right now is my good buddy by the name of R.T. Yeah, what's A- happening, my brother? How are you? Known as Rick Thomas. Rick. Yeah. Yes, how you
1: doing, my brother? How's how's the how's the A-train? Are we rolling?
0: We are rolling, man. <laughs> All ladies, right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on my podcast. His name is R.T. Rick <laughs> Thomas. And you know what I'm going to do like I do all my guests that call me? I'm going to let you tell the people your credentials. One thing I will tell you, Rick knows how to run the table.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're referring to my podcast, Running the Table, which I've been doing for a while now, also, I was actually uh, hosting Running the Table live on the air here in Wichita for about, a, well, better a part of a year, you were on that show a few times, so, you know, I've been doing it for a minute, doesn't mean I'm any better than anyone else, but, you know, we have a lot of fun with it.
0: Exactly. So, Rick, one of the first things I want to ask you, because you were a guy that was also in rock radio, as I call it, T-95. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was there for 19 years. I, I've done music and music intensive formats for the better part of 25 years. I was a T95 for 19.
0: And it always amazes me because at that same station, you know, they have a agriculture guy. doing Well, he's really a sports guy doing agriculture. So how <laughs> did you do the transition from music in the sports and how long did you want to do sports talk radio?
1: Oh, I've been wanting to do sports talk since I, Forever, forever And I was just fortunate enough to get the opportunity um, You know, with, with Steckline Communications Greg and those guys were great In getting me that opportunity So, you know, I've been wanting to do it long before I actually got the I had the opportunity to do it So, I mean, who doesn't love sports, man? How can you not? I could talk sports all day. You know this all day and all night. I could do this. You know that. So, you know, and we've got the podcast up and going. There's some big things that are right around the corner with that I can't get into right now. Right. But it's, it's coming. It's coming. Trust me.
0: Well, see what we're going to do. Y'all, y'all don't know. I, I informed Rick just a few minutes. I wanted to come on my podcast because he's a great friend of mine. Uh, has my back. As a matter of fact, if Rick could, he would take me wherever he wants to go. Absolutely. To, you Absolutely, to, you, Absolutely. To, you know that. You know the door is open with me. You know that. If you want to take me to Timbuktu.
1: You know, there's some things coming. There's gonna be some things that are coming. It's around the corner, my brother.
0: Right. But let's let's look at the current affairs of sports as we see it today. Because as much as we want to keep hope alive, we also have to look at the realistic of it, the the realism of it, because Stanford has cut out eleven programs, including wrestling.
1: Um, it's it's tough right now. You you know the Ivy League, of course, calling everything off until January. Um, and you know the, I, I know I hear from you know people say, "Well, it's Ivy League though. That's not really a big football. Well, but it's a Division One program. You know they're Division One and. That means that a lot of other Division One conferences are gonna start looking at those options as well. And it's it's tough. I hope that we do get a full college football season this year. If not full, at least give us eight or ten games, it'd be great. The NFL same way. I don't know that we're going to get a full season. JJ Watt came out yesterday saying he doesn't know that he's gonna play. He's, he's not committing to it because of this, obviously, because of the coronavirus situation. And and it's tough because, here's the thing, it's so easy as a fan. I go into it, I mean, it's easy for me to jump on that wagon and go, come on, guys, just play ball call. We, well, that's, but that's a lot of selfishness there. When they have families, they have children at home, they have, you know, their wives. They have, they have to take all that into consideration. It's tough. It's really
0: tough. Exactly. Now, let's talk about some <laughs> other things here, because I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, but, you know, and I'm shifting around to a whole lot of different topics because I know i okay. to jump on to it. But the, the ACC in basketball has mm-hmm. put out a proposal saying that they should play HBCU, which is Historically Black College and University Schools, on Martin Luther King Day. So if they're scheduled to play Martin Luther King Day, they're wanting to schedule historically black college universities. Now, we know here just recently, Howard University had two elite athletes visit their campus, and mm-hmm. one of them has committed. So if the ACC does this, which is, we talking North Carolina, Duke, Florida State, any school, ACC, and they start playing these HBCU schools, that gives these HBCU schools a little bit of a, uh, Exposure. exposure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like That's the idea. Opens up I'm okay with it. Game I'm okay with it. I think
1: it's a, I think it's a grand gesture for, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I think I think there are, you, you know, as well as I, like I'm telling you anything you don't know, that there are some great athletes in those schools that don't get the exposure um, that they should get because they're not involved often with some of the major conferences, and this gives them that opportunity to get on that grand stage once once You know, even if it is once a year, it's still that. It's better than what they've been getting. So I think it's a great i Yeah, I'm, a, I'm all about that. I think it's a great idea.
0: And then it looks like... Uh when we shift to football, LSU is on board with uh, scheduling, I believe, Grambling and Southern like starting in 2022 and 2023. So imagine that landscape because there has been a lot of players that have actually come out of HBCU schools that have made their mark in the NFL. I mean, you look at Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, uh, there's Deacon Jones, dude. he does. He's, he will never admit to inventing the, the head slap, but he sure did. Oh, oh, oh he, he did. Sure you know he it, did. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, you're right. Okay, you're right. Okay, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll go with you there. Maybe he wasn't the first guy to ever do it, but he sure as that took it to another level. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Um, you know, I, I I'm all about, you know. <laughs> And the critics will say, and this is what you get into with all of that, the critics say, well, yeah, of course, LSU wants to do that, because uh, you know, they, they know they're miles ahead of those programs, so those are easy wins. But, I, you know, why not give those kids a shot, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, we're not talking about altering the schedules that much. You're talking one game here during the race. Why not? Exactly. Why, not? you know, I, if I'm the head coach of Grambling or if I play on a Grambling team, I'm, my theory is I'm going to look at like, okay, I get it. LSU's a giant. We're like David going in there trying to deal with these guys. I get that. But good God, think of the mark we could make if we just made this a game one year. Think of that just doing that. Exactly. You know, you know so, so I say why not?
0: And, and we know Grambling has some storied history. I mean, sure. Doug Williams and in- Doug Williams went on to become the first African-American quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and he did it against Denver Broncos. Yeah, he
1: was always with the Redskins, right, with Washington, if I remember right, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. You know, it's ironic that you said the Washington Redskins because now we're looking at possible name change, and the name that has been trending has been the Washington Red Tails. But – political climate. I don't think that will fly for long, but there is a name that really stands out and I actually seen it in an article, but I've been saying it could be because of the fact that what a lot of people don't realize is Daniel Snyder once owned an NFL team, the Arena Football League.
1: Yeah, I had heard something about that. Yeah. And
0: he has the naming rights and that team was called the Washington Warriors
1: and you know, I want to say a former player from the, the used to play with the Washington Redskins back in the 80s this was this is something he's been kind of pushing here lately too the Warriors name, I, I saw something yes, about that uh, his
0: name is Doc uh, I forget what his name is Doc he played from 1981 to 84 first name was Doc yeah, yeah I just yeah. Read that article not too long ago but I I would already been on it and he said basically all you have to do is just take the Native American imagery off the helmet, bring back the arrow, Name the team, the Warriors, and there's your change right there. It's nothing. is nothing disparaging about that.
1: There's no, no. There's, that's a prideful name, and I honestly, I, and i know, not you I, I do understand both sides of the coin. I understand the traditional, you know, aspect of all of this because I'm a traditionalist. I don't like to see, you know, you, know, you get used to your team, so you get used to your logos, you get used to your mascots. And I, I don't like to see, you know, it's it's tough to get used to something new. Right. But on the same hand, I do understand the flip side of that coin, which is, you know, to me, when I hear the term Redskins, that's that's not and uh, something that's, that's, that's what's the word I'm looking for
0: endearing.
1: healthy enduring endearing or healthy or complimentary. you know it's not I mean that's 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 to me that's there's some negativity associated with that term so I can understand why right. there's there's a movement to change that name and you know if they do go to warriors or they go to whatever well you will figure out a way to get used to that in time it, you know it, it, at the end of the day it's it really is
0: just the mascot name. Exactly. And, and I, could, I could see the Warriors being the name just because, like I said, Daniel Snyder owned the AFL, the American Football League team, the Washington Warriors. He has the naming rights to it. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a strange look to see that arrow on the side of the helmet because of the simple fact uh, they've done that during throwback week. And it actually looked pretty slick. So. You remove the imagery of the Native Americans, put the arrow on there, call yeah. team, the Warriors, and you can still keep the same team colors, as a matter of fact.
1: Well, and I think that's a prideful mascot. Much like, you know, people saying you know, people talking about, and you're hearing some of the fallback, the kickback of this. Oh, well, are they going to do Kansas City? Are they going to change? Well, a, a chief is a prideful mascot. There's nothing, there's nothing non, you know, there's nothing disparaging about that. Being called a, you know, if you call me chief, I'm, a, I'm okay with that. Most right. people I think are, nice. you know, that's not, there's nothing derogatory about that. I mean, I don't, I don't
0: even have no engine blood in me, but someone said, Hey chief, how you doing? I'm yeah. cool with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of worse things. I mean, to me that, that, when I hear that name, I think somebody who's in charge, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. That's not bad. You know?
0: So before we get off here, I know one thing and people that are listening, they need to know one thing. What can they find? running the table podcast at on what podcast platform can they find it
1: well we're we're. i mean we're getting ready to relaunch i've been i've been i've taken a break as you know like when the last time just got so swamped with some other stuff so i've been i've been kind of a little bit out of the loop for the last couple months but i'm getting ready to relaunch we're going to be all over spotify and pretty much every all of the major platforms
0: all right then ladies and gentlemen my good friend my brother as he say, my brother from a different mother the caught my name the a train and stuck with it. Hey. Stuck with it. It's why I come. I am the A-train. is because the people at Stake Line. My friend Rick Thomas. And on the table.
1: It's, it, yeah. real, real quick, like, the real quick, like, before I go here, I got a question for you. I don't know if you've been following this. Zeke down in Dallas catching heat now. I don't know if you've been catching any of this. Apparently, there's reports coming out of training camps saying that he's not in the shape that he should be in, that he's slowed down a little bit. He's fallen out of the top three best running backs in the league, in a lot of these guys' opinion. Is there truth to that? And, and I, can he do something about it at
0: this point? Well, there was deal where he had contracted Mm -hmm. COVID-19. I saw that. uh, You you never know how people react when they get that news because now it's like COVID I don't know how I really want to say this because it's almost as if COVID-19 is the new cancer.
1: Yeah.
0: And you never know how people react to that news and then they got to be in self-quarantine for what like 14 days and, it doesn't uh, help it
1: doesn't help every day you're out of the loop and
0: that just kills you exactly it's like you can't touch this you can't touch that or you got to <laughs> sterilize this if you touch it and you know if if they're not allowed in the facility and we don't know what zeke has in his home as far as you know equipment to work out with but i can pretty much see it's probably a big difference between working out in cabo and having your trainer no, man, a huge difference. No However, what
1: I will say, what I will say in defense of Zeke is, we've heard this before. You remember when he was on suspension, and you and we heard all of those rumors. There's always out of shape, can't do it. He's like, you know, he's been it, and he and yeah, he got he's he's, a, he's he if he's the kind of guy that if he puts his mind to it, he gets in shape quickly. And I think right. that's where we're at with him. I
0: mean, and you know, as far as them, him top falling like the top three, I, mean, I can extend this. I can extend this segment as long as I'm so I want. So do this. What did, what did Zeke do last year? All right, he held out until the midnight hour, got the contract he wanted. I say yeah. he wasn't the same as Zeke. So I check; he still put up another thousand yard plus season. And yeah. then, when you look at the fact that they have a change of back in to Tony Pollard, let's let's just run this let's let's just run this back for, for sake, okay? Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irving. Well, you're talking the big three, but those were those were but, the golden days.
1: But my brother, that was but now, 25 years ago. But check this out, <laughs> I
0: mean, didn't, didn't they have Ron Springs as a change of back running back?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. So
0: Tony Pollard is that change of back, change of pace running back. And when you seen Zeke on the sideline, what was he? He was good cheerleader. He was a good team mm-hmm. support guy. You know, people say – Uh, Zeke got this money and he's a me, me, me guy. No, the Zeke I saw was a Zeke that was a team guy. He was basically, he took Tony Pollard up under his wings. He was Tony's biggest uh, cheerleader. And you didn't hear Zeke griping and complaining. Hey, this guy's taking my touches.
1: No, I agree. You you really don't. I mean, Zeke is, is a he's a good, uh, he's not a locker room problem, never has been. You yeah. know, the only issue, the only things I've ever seen that I would say that, that Zeke probably, and, and this just comes with age, and he's just, he's you know, he's to, He's young. He's still fairly young. So he's a guy that's had some off-the-field issues. But, you know, when you're 22-ish, these aren't big off-the-field issues. You know, a guy's showing over, he, so he, he was at a party and he drank a little bunch or he, you know, smoked some weed or something. When you're 22 in the NFL, I'm not going to say that gives you the excuse of carte blanche, Well, let's face it. I mean, this is a maturity issue, and he's gotten—I think—he's come a long ways in that avenue in the last just two years. You know, changing the way he does things off
0: the field. Exactly. Well, my friend, you asked me the question. I gave you the answer. We talked it out, and now we're going to exit stage left. Okay. okay, All right. I think. Thank you so much for having me, Rick Thomas, and thank you for being on. Rick Thomas, and be on the lookout for running the table because it's going to blow up. Rick, thanks for being on, buddy. Thank you. All right. My friend, Rick Thomas, his podcast coming soon, running the table. I am Anthony Smith, and you've been listening to another episode of A-Train Sports Talk podcast. I hope you got your ticket because this train is building up steam. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. God bless.